0: Good morning. Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast, where we discuss the pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. My name is Arun Kumar, and I'm the driver, and I'm here today with my co-host, Dan LaRue. How are you, Dan?
1: Doing all right. Good morning, Arun. Good morning, listeners.
0: We're getting less enthusiastic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is take
1: take two, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah,
0: so this is episode 30, and... Today, we're talking about jobs versus entrepreneurship. I think that is a fairly common trade-off that people weigh in their minds as to whether or not they should basically start a business or whether they should continue down the road of working in a career and building up their career in jobs employed by other people with their businesses. And I, th- I struggled with this a lot Dan, I know you've had experiences on both sides of the f- sides of the fence as well and I think it's worth the conversation. And yeah, we'll jump right into it. As I mentioned on the last podcast, we're kind of packing in a whole lot of recordings back to back, so maybe not as much small talk just cuz we've been in touch and this is already take 2, so we've done some small talk and it's uh We'll, we're doing our best to keep it going with um, just bringing you the value in each of these podcasts. Maybe beyond just the natural conversation that comes up, it's good to to make sure that we're we're really scripting out to make sure that what we're what we're bringing you is is really good. And I know, I mean, I'm in the middle of listening to the weightlifting results podcast that we released on the fourth. And uh, that was a lot of chatting at the beginning. And it's it's relatable stuff, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, and it's uh, it was a good conversation, entertaining to be a part of. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, just, we were, we were
1: definitely chatting Cathy's on that one. <laughs> I'm
0: debriefing my own podcast on my own <laughs> podcast. So <laughs> let me get into it. People really glorify entrepreneurship it's um it's a it's a thing in today's social media world that it's cool to not only have unlimited earning potential and everything that comes with that private jets boats yachts cars mansions amazing travel opportunities whatever it is there's all sorts of really materialistic things that people see as a benefit of the earning potential that can I don't want to say only come from having your own business, but that can definitely come more prevalently from having your own business. Not only that, but we're in a culture today where freedom and entitlement both play a really big role that people feel entitled to earn perhaps more than their skill set is worth because self-awareness isn't as high. And I for sure fell into this bucket of thinking that I deserved more than what I was getting from the company that I worked for. And it made me feel more dissatisfied. And I wasn't as interested in just doing a good job because I was so interested in a title and a pay pay range that I wasn't at yet.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a more common theme more so than, than it ever has been, Mm -hmm. especially amongst college graduates who, you know, may get this degree and they expect this, you know, awesome job right out of the, the, the gate of graduating and, and it's just not there. Uh, it's still quite entry level.
0: Yeah. And I'll, I'll throw some numbers out there for people. So when I started working In 2017, I started full-time employment. My starting salary was fairly high at $65,000 a year. Yep. (laughs) And my rent, I think, was about 30% of my total pay in San Francisco. And that was a big deal because there were a lot of people that were paying over half of their paycheck to rent every month and i was fortunate that i was definitely not in that position and within a year i got a big raise and within another year i got another big raise and big bonuses and it uh it it worked out that in a short amount of time i was earning more but i also proved myself and earned those raises and bonuses and all that along the way my point being is that now in having my own businesses i have paid Multiple people that were younger than me at the time that I got my first job. So 22, they were younger than 22. I was paying them more than that in their entry, not entry level. They were skilled automotive people work.
1: Were these and techs or what? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, techs, techs in restyling. Yeah. So film instant installation and that kind of stuff. And, but basically, and management, some management as well, but it it was, it was, you know, they didn't need a college degree to do that. So (laughs) I think that that's a testament to where we're at right now is that the skilled trades are actually so valuable because of how scarce the talent is. You can go in there and make some bank if you can do the job. Crucially. Yeah, and that's
1: what's cool about trades right now too, because a lot of these companies or unions will just
0: pay you to go to the training. <laughs> yeah, yeah, paid training. Like I didn't get paid training, right? But these, like, I I fully have paid for training, <laughs> right? Yeah, and that that's what's crazy about yeah. our current job market. Yeah. So basically, where we where we're going with this is a lot of a lot of people, young, you know. 20 year old, 20 to 30 year old employees think, oh, I can do this better. Uh, I can, I want the independence. I want to be a millionaire. I want to have the freedom to work whenever I want. I want to work from a coffee shop. I want to do my own thing. And a lot of those people really struggle to find a thing worth selling, but they'll go and quit their jobs and claim to be an entrepreneur with some ridiculous like tech that they can't get off the ground or some product that isn't a real product or it's straight from Alibaba and they're reselling <laughs> it in the US Alibaba yes yeah <laughs> it's it's that sort of entrepreneurship in quotes and yeah that's plenty of people on Instagram ads telling you to do that kind of stuff but I don't I don't think you need to do that and I think if everybody does that we're going to have a problem with having real business in this country with growth and long-term sustainability of anything. If we're depending on individuals, that's the whole point of being part of a society is that we don't just depend on individuals for everything. Yeah. You may have one, you know, doctor in a town, but they're part of a broader medical establishment and you could go get similar service from another doctor. You're not dependent on one doctor to deliver all your medical professionalism or experience or expertise for the entire population. And if that doctor goes away, then you have nothing. That's not where we're at. Yeah. That doesn't sound very good. (laughs) No. And that's the point of, I mean, it's not redundancy because we have just so many people in the world that we need all of us to work in order to continue to grow and thrive as a society this is going way more philosophical than I expected, (laughs) but it is important to note that if everybody just were to go and do it for themselves, that means that some of these pros and cons that we're going to talk about, not on this podcast, but on the part two of this podcast that will be next week, the cons of entrepreneurship are big. And if everybody was suffering from those, we would go backwards as a, as a working society. Absolutely. So to that point, I've been in business for myself for about five years. And if I were to do it again, I would do it differently. So I, when I got into it, I wrote a book. I think I've talked about this before I was a career coach. So technically I've been in business for myself longer than five years, but I was charging people for resume reviews and LinkedIn advice and helping people define and find their dream jobs through networking and LinkedIn and doing it a bit unconventionally. And I liked doing that, but I was struggling to get the message out to too many people. So I switched to writing a book, wrote a book, and in it, I had the example of my own definition of a dream job. And for me, it was to become an independent strategy consultant to the automotive aftermarket. And the key word in there was independent for purposes of this conversation. And what I said for why I wanted to be independent is that I wanted to be able to earn whatever I wanted, that I wanted to be in a pure meritocracy of capitalism and make people pay me for my worth and make people pay me what I'm worth, not just be at the whim of tenure and a salary and playing political games in order to try to win get bigger raises, get bigger titles and whatever I made my own damn title and I was managing director of my company in 2018 (laughs) when I was one year out of college and yeah that felt good but my managing director salary was zero dollars and you've heard the story there was a lot of struggles along the way and again this is similar to the realities of starting a business podcast. Here's just some more considerations on, is it okay to just continue working in a job instead? And I fully believe it is because I think you can really earn more. You can earn more faster. You can contribute to a a mission that's bigger than yourself. And you can have a lot of freedom and independence and do things very, very well and take ownership of it. Even working for somebody else, but you do have to find the right company. And I guess the caveat to all of this in today's conversation about jobs and the pros and cons of jobs is that it all has to be in the right company. And I think you have even talked about landing in the right company and making sure that the right opportunities are available and that you can really like navigate through it with your own expertise.
1: Yeah. You have to, I, I really don't like to say I'm lucky, but I was lucky to (laughs) land myself in a position, uh, you know, where the people that I work for and work with, um, also provide the ability to have a ton of growth, uh, in my career. Um, you know, and that, that's huge when you're looking for uh, a job or somewhere to work, you know, is it going to help you grow beyond where you are now? Like right. if you're going to sit there and do the same job for five years and nothing's going to change, nothing's on the horizon, that may not be the place for you if you want to do more. Um, mm-hmm. and then, and then also company culture is huge too. Like you have to be able to relate and to be you know, and to be able to have some fun with your coworkers too, it's not, you shouldn't go into work and have this like mundane experience of like, man, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't relate to anybody because that's how you grow too, as a person.
0: That's it. You spend more time with the people you work with than anybody. Oh yeah. That's a big part of it is, is if you're, you are the people you spend the time, with. you're the combination of the people, the sum, of, man, I'm botching this. You are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. There we
1: go. Yeah. in in like, and I'm going to go bare minimum hours here. If you're going to work a nine to five job and you don't like the people you work with, that you're probably spending more time with them than you are with your significant other or your kid or Dirt. your own bed. Like, <laughs> like <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> uh, you should probably find somewhere that you like to be at.
0: Mm hmm. Mhm. If you want more advice on how to find to find and find the job of your dreams, you can buy my book on Amazon. <laughs> Never thought but yeah, that, marketing that, that. That that is something you,
1: I cannot stress enough. You have to pay attention to what's the growth model of of your trajectory if you were to land that job. Is it a big corporation that's going to limit you? Is it a small company that's on the upward trend? Uh those are just some things you have to look at
0: and there are huge huge trade-offs in in what you just said all 100 big company small company opportunity glass ceiling you know all of that kind of stuff really plays into the pros and cons of an individual company so i guess we'll we'll do our best to address all that in this conversation Uh, So today, as I mentioned, we're talking about the pros and cons of a job. So this is jobs versus entrepreneurship. But next week, we will address pros and cons of entrepreneurship. And on this one, we've got our little bullet points ready for us here on pros and cons of a job. So I'll start with some of the basics, kind of to what, what Dan was just saying. A job, especially in a larger company, gives you security and benefits, and if you are somebody who is has a history of of needing your health insurance, or you anticipate needing your health insurance, like if you're having kids, or you're you have uh, elder parents that are going to become dependent of you, those are situations where you really do want to have the right healthcare package in place. Or, or if you're like me and you're missing a tooth and you want really good dental insurance <laughs> to pay for the implant. That's important. And now at the time that I was moving to London, that was actually a consideration of mine was how good's the dental insurance. And it was terrible. But I did the best I could over there. Three, four, three or four failed surgeries. Anyways, the, the other part is security. You know, generally speaking, that you have another paycheck coming. You know that your company is of a size where it can run as a going concern. So they have money in the bank. They have customers that are going to pay them. They have products that are selling. And you can generally expect that you're going to have a job tomorrow. And of course, there are plenty and plenty, plenty of times where that security goes out the window. We've seen tons of layoffs in the last couple of years as we come out of the uh, sort of boom of, it's weird to say, the boom of the pandemic and all the tech companies and logistics companies hiring tons and tons and tons of temp workers and people. Now they're all getting laid off. Facebook and Amazon and Microsoft and Google, all big five figure layoffs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. COVID,
1: the, the, the greatest thing ever. You know, wow. <laughs> really, really shrunk <laughs> some big corporations out
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You look at like, on the other hand, Bed Bath and Beyond. Or uh-huh companies Be- yeah,
1: and best buy yeah it's crazy yeah. like i know i know the corporation i was working for they lost uh half of their their stock value in a year damn yeah. ouch I, I mean but like what it's not their fault i mean the government said no more working no more buying stuff like, mm-hmm. and like, that lasts like two weeks
0: yeah yeah okay well, yeah, and I was, I was super detached in 2020 just because I was living abroad. That was my own experience. Uh, one Another pro of having a job, and this one I think is really, really big. Clearly defined job description and responsibilities. So what's important about this is that when you go and start a business, and I'm deviating to next week's talk, I know. When you go and start your own business, you have to come up with everything that you're supposed to be doing, whether it's doing your accounting or setting up a bank account or getting insurance or doing all the boring shit and doing whatever you think is sexy about it, whether it's doing your marketing, doing your product, doing your sales, whatever the sexy thing that you like doing is. You could do that all day if people would pay you for it. Yeah, so watching you,
1: the money going into the bank account. That's a sexy thing.
0: Yeah, you got to earn that. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> if you, if you can't have a job just watching a bank account balance. <laughs> I bet with all 87,000 IRS agents they wanted to hire, that is actually going to be some people's jobs. Probably. That's unfortunate. Anyway, it's, it's not my bank account, though. So, you know, it's not as exciting. Keep your, keep your Venmos at $599. <laughs> <laughs> So now that we're going to get shadow banned (laughs) before we've (laughs) even taken on, those clearly defined job descriptions and the responsibilities are kind of a big deal. Meaning when you go into work on your first day of a new job, you get in there and somebody tells you, Hey, this is what I need you to do. And you go, okay. And then you start doing it. That's huge. If you're in a bigger company with established roles and responsibilities, to be able to go into a job and just start executing actually saves you so much brain power. You don't have to think about, okay, what is it that I should be doing right now? Yeah,
1: you there's there's to... no question to it.
0: Yeah, it's okay. like here's my job. Am
1: I, am I going over here and doing this job and then also doing this one at the same time? Do I also have to go help this person with their job? Yeah, it's definitely the negatives to a small, smaller office, or, you know, or company. Yeah,
0: yeah, and a smaller company, and that's something that I'm employing in my business ventures soon here, German automotive companies, is clear job responsibilities. No matter how big the company is, mm-hmm. I think that was a big mistake that I made before: is hiring people and saying this is your job title. <laughs> And maybe a couple of, you know, bullet points of responsibilities. But then my problem was as a manager, I was not present enough in past businesses. So where I ran a shop before, I would only be there a couple hours a day. And that was not sufficient at the time of that, at the scale that that business was at. It needed a manager who could be there full time. And I was not doing that. But that was that was very crucial, like for those people. I did not give them clear job responsibilities, and so they didn't know what to do every day, and if, how, or if they were going to be earning a paycheck, which killed that security. Yeah, I, I
1: have so much to say, but that's this is it's for part two. <laughs> okay.
0: okay, so two more points. First one is you can clearly see how to make progress. So. In a bigger company, again, I worked for a big accounting firm, and every single big accounting firm has an extremely similar structure for how they promote and assess you for promotion. You're brought in as an intern while you're still in college. You do an internship. If they like you, you get offered a full-time job as an associate You do two to three years as an associate. Then you get promoted to senior associate. You do two to three years as a senior associate. You get promoted to manager. You do two to four years as a manager. You get promoted to senior manager. It keeps going, going, and going. And eventually you become a partner. And then you can become a managing partner and an office managing partner and regional managing partner. It's a big company. There's there's a bunch and bunch of layers. Yeah, that's a lot of a lot of titles there. (laughs) A lot of titles, I could continue, but <laughs> the point is, had I stayed, that path would have continued to be extremely clear for me, and all I had to do was fill out a certain uh, personnel evaluation performance review spec sheet to five out of five in five different categories, and. I do that enough times and people say, all right, you're ready. You're going to get a new title and a pay raise and new responsibilities. And here they are, get to work. And it made it very easy to see, okay, this is how you make progress. And that's something if you're, if you're running your own business, you had to learn that for yourself. Mm-hmm. That can be hard. The last point on this, and this kind of goes back to why we're recording this podcast in the first place. It's because, entrepreneurship gives you this idea of freedom and control and unlimited earning potential and taking control of business operations and really owning how things are done. You can do that in a business. And so I think where we're going to go with this is Dan, you've had this experience recently.
1: Yeah. There, there actually been a couple of instances where I've, I've had experience with this. Um, you know, my my first job right out of high school and then going to college, uh, I started working for a software startup that gave me private UARs as like, uh, you know, What's that? Add, it's like so like they're pretty, it's private stock. It's less okay. percentage. It's like C stock or lower if I'm going to equate it to anything. Mm. Um, so essentially, I, I they gave me UARs to, you know, to come in and work and work hard. And that was you know, my first look at, hey, if I work hard, these UARs are going to pay out and I'm going to get a payment if this thing ever sells, which it did. And it, it wasn't a bunch of money, it, but it was really cool to, you know, have that little added thing in the background that um, was like, hey, if you work hard, you're, you're going to get rewarded pretty well. And when it did pay at 19, maybe 20. Something, uh, it, it was a lot of money to me. I p- was able to pay off a college loan. I was like, "All right, this yeah. is awesome." There so, um, that was really my first instance of you know finding your way into ownership and and kind of understanding um, how to work hard for that added bonus. And then I was doing something similar
0: uh, when I was working at the restyler shop here. And and hang on, just to go back a second, were the UARS just First of all, is it an acronym for something? It is. I don't know the acronym okay. off the top of my head, but it is. Okay. And do you know why or like what it was that had you earning those? Like, was it just part of the job offer? It, yeah, it was just part of the job offer at okay. that time.
1: It, it was in like then I didn't really think anything of it, Um, but it was definitely like looking back on it now it was my really first experience of of understanding business. And and how if you work harder, uh, it can pay off and and you can be a part of ownership, even
0: though like I wasn't any sort of controlling share. Right. Okay. And so I've Googled it. UAR stands for unit appreciation, right? Yes. Which basically means, yeah, you are not a legal owner, but as the ownership value of the company increases, you are entitled to that same increase. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. If you want to talk on limited earning potential, there it is, right. And like it it is contingent on the company actually selling. Mm-hmm. You have to be fairly clear with the people who employ you as to you know what's the time horizon for that goal, what are the expectations for it? And then you can kind of see and start to put a number to it. But it does mean you're there is no ceiling to that number,
1: right. And it's and it's really awesome, too, because like the harder you work, the harder. The- the better the company does, Mm -hmm. makes it more sellable. You know, those are conversations as an employee you can have with, Mm -hmm. you know, your business CEO and make it a part of your payment plan if they ever have any thoughts of selling their business.
0: Right. Okay, so I I cut you off on the restyling shop. Yeah,
1: I was, you know, I was along the same trajectory when I was uh, at the restyling shop I was working at for a while. I, I wanted to own a piece of that. Um, then COVID hit and it just kind of right. It yeah. kind of fizzled out. But I w- I was in that same mindset of like, hey, I want to work really hard to be a part of this thing. And if it ever you know sells to like a bigger chain restyling group someday, or you know it sells to a dealership chain, however it would have sure. panned out. Um, that's something I wanted to be a part of. And I you know I was working on proving myself. Like, hey, we should do this. Uh, but thanks COVID. <laughs> best best thing that ever yeah, happened best i think thing is ever. what you just yeah. said earlier yeah best thing ever okay total sarcasm guys <laughs> um yeah and then you know then i move in you know i leave there and come back after covid and um you know i i was asked to be a part of this ecom business as a uh, as a small owner Um, uh, you know it was nothing crazy it was 10.66% it was not nothing Very specific yeah it was nothing nothing crazy there were 5 of us involved um probably too many of us, but that's okay. <laughs> um, uh, you know, we, we tried a lot of different things and, uh, I learned a lot of things. I learned things to do what not to do. Um, but that was my first real, like, Hey, you're an air, a shareholder. Like right. you own this thing. I was able to sign documents and fill out tax paperwork and give it, you know, to vendors to, so I could buy from, um, I got my first K-1, <laughs> which was very interesting to do my tax. I do all my own taxes. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was part of all the board ma- meetings and making decisions. And, you know, it was a lot of what's the best path to go that's going to help us with our margins. And we tried hmm. a lot of different things. And it was kind of like an experimental period for a few of us involved. And uh, uh still technically an owner of it, though I'm not a part of their day to day. So, uh, but yeah, that was just being a part of an employee for the company that I work at now is that this was another arm of the company that they wanted to look at doing. And they asked me to come in because I'd worked hard. I I had gathered the knowledge uh, of product. Um, I was able to understand how uh, certain restylers worked in their mindset because I'd been in that position before. Sure. Um, so yeah, you you can if you gain that knowledge and you gain that trust, uh people are going to bring you in and ask for your opinion and you might end up being a business owner because of it. Yep. So there's definitely benefits, you know, to working hard and working for the right company, you know, especially with motivated leaders that want to bring in more motivated leaders.
0: I think a way to put this is like game recognizes game in yeah. that mm-hmm. and that even if, you know, if you are an entrepreneurial person, you, you want to have a certain amount of control and you want to have that independence to do things your way, but to take initiative to do those things. And, I struggled to feel like I had that at a big, big corporation where Mm -hmm. none of the people that I was interacting with were really in a position to offer me ownership or anything like that. Technically, as a partner in a big accounting firm, you are an owner. But because it's an ownership committee of, you know, four or five thousand people that own this company... What that really means is you're appeasing all of the people that work above you. And then they, as a collective, are all representing you to the ownership group in order to get in. And all of them worked really freaking hard to get in their shoes. None of them founded the company. None of them really feel like they have a controlling interest in the company. And so they're not interested in, like, accelerating your growth as much they are and they want game to recognize game but that doesn't necessarily mean they're all of that entrepreneurial mindset that just means they are at the top level of their corporate jobs that just so happen to include ownership
1: yeah larger corporations that trajectory is definitely not as easy Um, right but coming from small business myself, uh, that's where I've really found it to be lucrative for for me and yep. how I operate from a day to day. But yeah, I, I couldn't imagine my wife um, having any sort of controlling interest of Mutual of Omaha insurance companies. Like, <laughs> like there's no <laughs> like I like she would have to work for like the
0: next 30 years to probably mm-hmm. even come close. Mm-hmm. And And that is different at every big corporation also Mm -hmm. so i think it's key to note you look at like first form i don't know how many people they employ now i think it's a several hundred people not a huge number but it is a according to andy frisella like an 11 figure company like like a billion dollar company uh so 10 figure and um and so good for him that he's accomplished that with such a small number of employees really by relative scale but we also know from listening to podcasts of his that he'll promote people to like the board and they'll be in their early 30s or late 20s just because they're freaking good at what they do yep and that you can earn that sort of seat just with working really hard and he has multiple seven-figure earners in his company So you want to talk about becoming a millionaire, there you go. And then you can invest in, I'm not going to call it passive income, but income generating assets that require less of your time such that you can stay in your high earning, high producing job and have your own additional sort of wealth building assets on the side. And then there's no reason not to go and buy a Lamborghini or whatever the fuck you want to do with your your wealth. (laughs) And in that kind of role like you're on the board you want to talk about having ownership and control even if you don't have equity ownership you're on the board of a big company steering a ship and that's a big big responsibility that all those people I'm sure are really grateful to have and they didn't oh, have to oh, go yeah. and start their own business to make it happen yeah i, I would be honored right <laughs> like... right and and so the key there is is you really have to earn it. You really, you, you can't look at it as I have a certain degree or I plugged in a certain number of hours, which is something that I did as well. I said, I worked five, t- six times more overtime than the next guy and I got the same raise. Okay, it takes a while for some of these rewards to compound. It was a big company, moves a bit slower, et cetera, et cetera. That's one piece of it. You have to earn it. But also you have to earn it with the right company. As we went back to in the beginning, and we're not going to get into that conversation now, but the right company is the one that really recognizes and rewards you for your abilities and your contribution,
1: yeah, it it's definitely not about just working hard. It's about the right company, building rapport, uh, building trust, you know having having the knowledge of whatever product that you're selling and and knowing it in and out without ever having to look at. You know, the book of SKUs, mm-hmm. if you're selling hard parts like there's there's a lot of things to it and and above all else, be able to think outside the box.
0: Yes. And that goes back to taking initiative, which yeah. I think you you the smaller the company, the more you have to take initiative. And oh, the yeah. Bigger, the bigger the company, the more your role is defined for you. But that's in, in either case, you can see how to make progress better because the company already exists. Right. Okay, so that's a lot of pros for jobs. And speaking as somebody who does not have a job, <laughs> and I am an <laughs> entrepreneur. Let's talk about some of the cons, and and these are some of the reasons why I went the route that I did. So four cons. First, you have to answer to somebody else for the level of quality that you put out and your work output in general, your work product. If you're not the boss, somebody is probably or somebody should be looking over your shoulder to say you're spending too much time on that and you're making it too perfect or you're not spending enough time on that and it's not good enough. Alternatively, or in addition, they're also saying, hey, stop working on that. Work on this instead. This is a priority for the company.
1: Yeah. And more often than not, you hear that. People typically don't like their managers who will look over their shoulder.
0: Yes. And in the early days of you starting a job, there will be more of that. And as you prove yourself worthy of independence, you get more of it.
1: Oh, yeah. Some of your managers can be your, your best friends ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I know mine is. Yeah. I love them.
0: That's great. Yeah. And that and you've earned that. Yeah. And And I think it's where you go the opposite that people do not trust you and you're delivering poor work product or it's not of high quality or it's just the wrong thing. Like I've gotten, I've had a few people work for me that I just cannot trust because mm-hmm. they aren't doing the right thing. They're not doing what they say they're going to do. They're not understanding what I am saying. And that's my fault too, that I'm not articulating myself clearly just some common sense stuff that if you, if you can't earn trust from your boss, then you're not going to get it. But maybe a better way to say this con is you have to earn the trust of your, your boss in this role. Cause I assume you have a boss if you have a job. So that's one. Another con is you probably don't have full control over your income. Even if you're a hundred percent commission based, somebody else is telling you what that commission rate is.
1: Yep. So it's the the, it was the bane of my existence for a while of like, hey, I can't ask for a raise (laughs) like it's just going to come to me (laughs) like they they get to make those decisions. It's not like, hey, I'm going in and going, hey, I need an extra
0: $10,000 a year. I'm leaving (laughs) Hmm. for for a while there. I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think the way you can. This is what I've always told people is if you are truly worth as much as you think you are about to ask your boss for, go market yourself and figure out what somebody else is willing to pay. Yeah, and, and
1: that's pretty much what I had to do. And this was like, I don't know, this probably had to be like three, four years in my career. I didn't really have a crazy ton of experience to go anywhere else. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just decided if I ever have to do that again, I'm just going to make this awesome PowerPoint presentation i'm just going to take it in here. here's why you have to pay me more and here's all the things i've done like you have to be able to sell yourself to your to your boss or to another company and, and give them clear-cut reasons with statistics on why
0: i'm working on a a tiktok that's way more involved than my other ones but it, it's going to be how to earn better cars and it's both doing the math on a on a car and But then it's saying, okay, if you're making this much and you need to make this much more in order to afford this car, how are you going to do that? Mm -hmm. So that's cool because the one that I've done so far is how do you afford a Ram TRX without uh, taking any money out of your current earnings? Cool. Hypothetical. I want to know. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, if you're making 90 grand a year, you need to make an additional 20%. I believe it was. Take home to earn a RAM TRX if you're putting down a certain amount of money, you're financing for a certain amount of time, and you have a certain credit score. This is how 20% more is what you need. And so I said, okay, how do you negotiate a 20% raise? And uh, it was, okay, if you're in operations, then you need to save your $10 million company 1% of the bottom line and you Mm -hmm. can earn a 20% raise that kind of math. That was that was really cool to to break that down for myself. It was like, okay, yeah, you can earn an additional whatever it was, like 15-18 grand a year by getting your company an additional 100 grand a year. That's typically what labor or wages is as a percent of sales in a lot of different types of companies.
1: Yeah, that that's me right now trying to find every way to save money for mm-hmm. for, the, for the company.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so that I mean that puts you in a very entrepreneurial position even though we're talking about the cons of jobs. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I,
1: yeah, if if I want to get paid more, I have to make sure that the money is or I'm sorry, that the company is either making more mm-hmm. or saving more.
0: Yep. Absolutely. That's how you create value. But at the end of the day, no matter how much you convey and articulate that value, your boss or whoever's deciding your paycheck may not be able to see it and you're stuck. And that's when you go and find another company. <laughs> you So another con is you may have fixed hours. And this was a problem for me at the accounting firm. I liked to come in later on Fridays. And I would be at that time, I was going to see a therapist on Friday mornings. And so I would go, go, go in to work at like 10. And I was famous for getting in at six as I've previously discussed. Mm -hmm. So on Fridays, when I would show up at 10, everybody would notice and it would be this like big deal that I showed up late and I did not like that (laughs) where now having my own company and yeah, we're diving back into this topic, you know, emergency C-section, emergency hospital stay. My wife was admitted for two days. I didn't work for two days and it didn't affect anything. (laughs) I didn't have to take sick time. I didn't have, I told like three people and everything was taken care of. And I'm very, very grateful to be in that position. And I know that that's because I have a really amazing team around me that's able to help with all that stuff. So whether it was you, Dan, with the Driven Network or whether it was people I worked with in the investment bank, everything worked out and I was able to take the time I needed. And you can't always do that if you're in a job.
1: Yeah, no, especially if you have, or if you're in a job that doesn't have um, vacation pay or PTO or sick days.
0: sick time, vacation. Or if you have to work in person, especially in today's day and age where the remote work is more prevalent,
1: yeah, I, I had I had the fixed hours problem about a year ago. Um, we had taken on a, a client actually in the Bay Area, mm. and uh man, I, I had a hard time with it because you know I I would be in to work early doing my normal job and, and taking care of other customers, but this one customer on the West Coast, I had to plan two hours after usually when i'd be done working and i'd be placing orders while i'm dealing with the kiddo trying to get her ready for dinner and
0: oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, like bang, like, yeah because like I, i'm two hours ahead mm-hmm. so like but i have to account for them being two hours behind
0: mm-hmm. sounds like it was a demanding customer also
1: yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> it wasn't you <laughs> I, yeah it wasn't me <laughs> i went with um, colby's product. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> um, okay. And then the last one is uh, you You may have to take longer to reach success. And this all comes back to what I was saying is that in a bigger company, especially tenure does play a role. People above you have typically put in the time and earned their spot and they want you to do the same whether or not it's really necessary for you to get compensated for the value that you're delivering to the company or give you a title that gives you the leverage both internally and externally to um, execute on your responsibilities. And that was another big problem for me going from associate to senior associate. I was managing other associates with the same title. That doesn't work. No, no. And that was what I was dealing with, and that was a very frustrating place to be in. And one of the reasons why I left was, okay, you want me to wait two years to get promoted, even though you're already putting me in a position to manage the people with the same title as me. That's not work,
1: yeah, it, for me, even though I was with a smaller company, I think it was about it was like four to five years in. I've been doing the same job over and over. It was the m- mundane. Uh, you know, experience every day. And I finally had to sit my boss down and go, hey, I can't do this for another five years. You know, what, what's the trajectory? How much longer is it going to take to get to this next step? You know, how do I get to the next step? Yeah. You know, it, it's definitely a con because like at some point you have to have that conversation of
0: like, is, is this job for me? Am I going to mm-hmm. have
1: to move on? do I
0: want to move on? And in um, some, in some cases you may have to move on. And we already talked about one of them. Also, if, if the only natural way up is into your boss's role and your boss is happy in their role and you have, you know, there's no alternative way up, then you're stuck.
1: Yeah. Especially if you're, if your boss, the age
0: gap isn't that much. Yep. Yep. They could That's be there totally forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I'm afraid we have about four minutes until we think we both have to go I have to go at least. So (laughs) let's, uh, let's jump to our sponsors and then we'll wrap this one up.
1: Yeah. We are sponsored by, we are driven uh, our motivational brand behind this podcast. Um, We have a few ways you can help yourself with motivation, your pursuit of excellence, business, fitness, and whatever your awesome passion is, Mm -hmm. whether it's cars, firearms, planting gardens, Whatever it is, paddleboarding. We got paddleboarding. Yeah, paddleboarding. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's one. Um, we have a free Discord server where Arun will wake up super early and send you a lovely motivational message every day, where you can read and it gets you gets you amped up and ready to go. Maybe change your way of thinking uh, when you head into work or whatever you're doing for the day. Uh, we're online with Instagram. Uh, we are driven. Co is the website. Uh, we're on YouTube. Uh, youtube reels instagram reels TikToks. arun's out there he's posting stuff <laughs> i'm not it, into yeah. the reels guys i'm sorry i don't know what they're called anymore
0: i'm not hip it, we're, we're on the talk short reel yeah. videos <laughs> subscribe and like for more <laughs> um yeah, we have top level
1: coaching, uh, accountability, private Discord group uh, called the Driven Network. Uh, that is a subscription based model. Uh, you, know, you you pay the monthly subscription. You come in, you get access to a bunch of channels where we talk about everything from you know business, uh, fitness, and passion. Where you know the other users can help out if you have any questions of that sort. Uh, and then also at WeAreDriven.co, uh, we have apparel t-shirts, hats. Uh, they're really nice. I haven't worn one of my t-shirts in a while. I should probably do that. <laughs> and then uh, Rune, what are your socials?
0: So TikTok and Instagram where we post short form videos of whatever the fuck they're supposed to be called. There's the correction. Arun D. Kumar. <laughs> and on Instagram, we are also at we uh, are wearedriven.co. It's not as active as my personal. I, I think for now, it's we're sticking with personal brands. And then yeah, the website, as as Dan said, is is wearedriven. co not. com. And then Dan, your socials are,
1: yeah, I'm Dan Larue on Facebook and LinkedIn, Instagram, I'm Dan underscore Larue, TikTok. If you want to look at a page of nothing, D Larue (laughs) ninety (laughs) five.
0: I'm sure it's very entertaining. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so that's part one. We'll be coming back next week for part two on the pros and cons of entrepreneurship. And in the meantime, enjoy the quick hits. Go back and watch some of these other quick hits we've got out there every single Wednesday. Until next time, this has been Arun and Dan. Stay driven.